welcome to the Tricolori Pridecast, your podcast on all things Yokohama F Marinos. My name is Jamie and I'll be joined by some guests as we run through the latest news and goings on at the Nissan Stadium. As always, I'd like to start by thanking you for tuning in and I'm let you know that I'm joined this morning, UK time, by Stuart. Stuart, how are you? I'm very good. Um, I'm uh, warmed up now. I had an uh, afternoon out today in the uh, uh, freezing cold rain of uh, Machida Stadium. I went to see uh, FC UQ match. As uh, some people might know, that's my uh, number two team. And uh, it was a scoreless draw and very cold. So uh, I'm just uh, glad to be back home and uh, uh, warming up again. It doesn't sound uh, the sort of tropical atmosphere you'd normally associate uh, with, with, with Ryukyu uh, on, on that one, Stuart. So I'm sorry to hear it wasn't it was a bit more tropical for you. Uh, although a couple of highs, I'm sure um, you'd have heard the, the shores and the waves and the beaches and stuff like that. After of them. So, yeah, a similar situation it was, but Stuart, I'm afraid our, our normal running order is to try and run through uh, the news, but... Uh, we don't seem to have uh, too many news items uh, to run through. Is there anything you'd, you'd like to bring up? Um, yeah, just looking through the through the news, and um, uh, just just before the the first match, it was announced that uh, the captain will continue to be Kida. He's a number one captain, and then uh, Mizunuma and Hatanaka are vice captains from the Japanese contingent, and uh, Marcos will be the Vice captain from the Brazilian side. I think that's kind of an interesting way they do it because um, mm. um, I, I definitely saw last year like Tiago was the the captain, and uh, be, before they go out onto the pitch, you know, he's giving his speech in uh, um, Portuguese, and uh, it's getting translated into Japanese as well. But I thought that's interesting that they have like the Brazilian captain and and also a Japanese captain too. So interesting. Indeed, and it begs the question, Stuart, who's the uh, Tricori Pride captain? <laughs> I thought I was a benevolent dictator for life, maybe. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think I think, uh, I think Brendan may have you picked uh, for that one in terms of tenure, Stuart. Uh, that's true, no, that's can, true. We, yeah. can, we can raise that question with him when he, uh, when, he, when he joins us at some point in the future. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so am I, absolutely. Um, I think it's worth noting as well that just before we recorded uh, last week that uh, Yusuke Nishida was was diagnosed with ankle ligament injury uh, after getting injured in a, in a training match um, towards the end of, of January. So it's looking as if he's going to be out for around four to, to six weeks. And we don't always get that news um, frequently, but, but when we do kind of find out about any injuries or, or players um, being out for a sustained period, we'll, we'll do our best to, to bring, you, bring that to you and, and keep you updated. And there was one other thing, Stuart, that I would like to mention, which has um, been a bit, been a bit heartbreaking um, to look at, which is uh, some of the, some of those who follow F Minos on Twitter and and kind of and around that sort of echo chamber of Yokohama F Minos is is the young girl um, who's longing for Tiago Martins. Um, have you seen that story, Stuart? Yeah, I, actually, when Tiago said he's leaving, I immediately thought about her because. She's always at the matches with a doll that is, uh, I think, her mother uh, made and uh, of of Tiago. So she was really well known. Like you quite often see at the um, uh, on on the Dazon coverage, they would pick her out in the crowd. Like f- over the last year or or two, 
So um, the when it, when it came the news uh, that uh, Tiago was leaving, then I wondered, you know, how she's going to take it. And then, as you said, you know, cue the the video. Like uh, the little girl standing outside the stadium, and the stadium's pretty lonely anyway when there's nobody there on a on a weekday, and she's shouting out in uh, in Japanese, "Tiago, I love you, Tiago, I love you." <laughs> it's like so. Um, I thought it was very it's very cute, but uh, I, I think everybody was wondering what what was going to happen. Um, but uh, I wonder if her mother will be making some new dolls in the for the new season. Or, or that will be her, Indeed, her so. love, her love for her life, you know, her lost love. Indeed, I hope so, and I hope she, I hope she, uh, she kind of moves on to to find a new favourite player because that video was uh, pretty heartbreaking. And um, speaking of heartbreaking, um, I think we both caught the the Kawasaki result from Friday night. Uh, that that uh, kind of three points picked up against FC Tokyo, and in advance of a, a fixture against them um, on Wednesday this week. So joining us now, fresh off the back of uh, three points yesterday against FC Tokyo, uh, a great guest to have on. Some may say is the arch nemesis of the podcast. Um, we've got Neil. Uh, uh, good morning or good evening, I should say, Neil. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, uh, nice, nice to meet you, speak to you, and uh, nice to see you again, Stuart. Or, well, yes. not see, nice to speak to you again. <laughs> yes, and nice to speak to you again. Yes. <laughs> So Neil, as I'm sure you've been listening uh, very closely to podcasts over the past couple of weeks, you know that whole know your, uh, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer uh, thing, you know, although I'd hope, <laughs> I think we'd be lucky to be uh, big rivals with you this season, based on the opening fixture. Um, but we're kind of running through a bit of a, a script, almost asking guests when they appear uh, from different clubs around the league, how they found the league, and uh, excuse me, how they found the club and, and their favourite players. So. I'm going to ask you the same questions and, and try and kind of get a bit of your origin story and why you support Kawasaki uh, Frontale. So if I can start off just by asking that, um, you know, how did you find the club? Why, why did you choose Kawasaki Frontale uh, of every club in the league? So it's going to um, irritate some people perhaps, but um, well, actually, I'm going to irritate quite a, quite a few clubs fans now, actually. But I really, really hate Manchester United. Um, <laughs> And I'm sorry to Man United fans, and there's no reason for me to dislike them. And the reason I, this is very uh, indirect route to the uh, to the actual point, but I dislike Man United, and I always associate them with Urawa. So that's two two clubs fans I've annoyed so far. Um, and when I was in Japan, oh my god, it was a long time ago. We were here on holiday. I was here with my then girlfriend, now wife. Um, and we're in a tiny bar in Shibuya. And I was t- talking in inverted commas with some Japanese guys about football. And their English was about as good as my Japanese at that stage. So it was just basically listing, listing names. And uh, I got uh, my wife to ask them uh, who Urawa Red's biggest rivals were. And these guys were obviously Frontale fans and obviously lied to me. <laughs> saying that Urawa Red's biggest rivals were Frontale, which I'm pretty certain, I mean, maybe, maybe soon they will be because we're not having much fun against them recently. But um, yeah, they said Frontale were Urawa's biggest rivals. So I said, okay, I'm a Frontale fan. Um, and that was, yeah, maybe about, oh my God. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it was before we were married. Uh, it was before we lived in Japan. So this is like, probably 15 years ago, 15, 16 years ago, maybe. 
so a long time um and uh yeah basically when we moved to japan uh where we live now in shibuya in tokyo <laughs> is uh our closest team is kawasaki um and don't let those fc tokyo guys tell you shibuya is uh fc tokyo's because it's it's kawasaki territory as far as i'm concerned and also my first job in japan which i stayed at for like eight years was in kawasaki so it, it kind of seemed like it was a little bit uh fate in a way but um but yeah i i i've got a lot of uh sort of, sort of small tenuous reasons why i support them but they all came together into one one big lump of a decent reason maybe that's 15 years i'm, I'm guessing you probably didn't start attending games the next day and, and haven't missed one since um, so, so how frequently have you been able to get to the games and, and sort of, has it been pretty much since you've lived in Japan, you've been going regularly or is it just kind of when you can sort of thing? I think uh, we probably didn't go particularly regularly when we first moved here in 2012, but maybe a couple of years, two or three years after that, we started going more and more regularly. And I think we've had season tickets now for about six years. So, and in the sort of season ticket times, we've been doing most away games as well like maybe 80 or 90 percent of away games there's only a few that are particularly unappealing or difficult to get to that we don't go to um obviously that's changed during covid times that we couldn't get season tickets for one or two years everything's a blur now with covid but um yeah it's we, we we've been going pretty consistently for six years and before that sort of now uh now and then then now and then maybe <laughs> then and then <laughs> i don't know occasionally we used to go but it's sort of all ramped up and i'm sort of pleased to say that we we were still having season tickets we had our season ticket when we were still rubbish so or not rubbish but it's always finishing second or third or falling at the final hurdle so we're we people might accuse us of being glory hunters but we were really hunting the uh the disappointment so <laughs> <laughs> if, if you were speaking to somebody, and I'm, I'm sure you've had this conversation before, but if you were speaking to someone uh, back home or, or maybe who wasn't familiar with uh, J-League, how would you describe Kawasaki Fantali? How would you uh, tell them who they are and the sort of key characteristics of the club? Um, I think the big thing for me is like uh, community and friendly and kind of family and nice. <laughs> and I know it's not particularly cool to like a, a nice team, but I think well, that was one of the things that surprised me most when I was started coming to games here is my team in England is Leighton Orient. So that's like quite different really to Frontale because Frontale are a bit better. And um, there's, it's like at Orient, it's mainly men, mainly older men and sort of uh, not, not very, um, not very uh, varied group of people going to games but the thing that really surprised me when I first came here was how varied people were like lots of uh, lots of <laughs> lots of young women with cameras taking photos of uh, handsome players and uh, families and kids and old people and young people I mean not not many foreigners to be honest but um, I think I mean that's probably the case with most teams that when most clubs in Japan, there's a few foreigners who kind of stick together. And if you don't sit in the same part of the stadium as them, you maybe don't notice them. But yeah, I think that 
probably what I would say that we're, I mean, maybe Marina's fans would disagree, but I think we are considered to be quite a, a nice bunch usually. I don't think we've had any nasty, really nasty um, sort of experiences. I know Stuart um, uh, got annoyed with someone putting a flag over the um, Nissan Stadium sign once. But I think on, on the whole, most, most of the fans are kind of quite gentle but enthusiastic and there's there's not a lot of uh, nastiness there which which really works for me um so sort of from a uh sort of uh i don't really know what the word is but for a non-footballing point of view i think with that's how i would describe us sort of friendly <laughs> i don't know is that do you is that uh, yeah. is that right is that no. the appreciation of other what they think about us, but I don't know. Well, I think you're asking the wrong bunch amongst us, Neil, because obviously we would have things to say. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, funny, funny, funny story though. You just reminded me of Stuart. I don't know if uh, you were going to say this. I same was just thing, thinking but, of this, and yeah. I know what you're going to say. In fact, you, you crack on, then you can you can tell. If this is the same story, okay. So this was 2019 when we went to Toroki. Yeah, you're thinking of. Indeed it is, yes. So, so yeah, Jamie and I were walking from the station and we were like wrapped in conversation. And I've been to Todoroki many, many times. And um, I think J- Jamie's been a few times too. So we, we were just walking around to, to go to the entrance because we actually hadn't got tickets at that point. We, we were picking them up um, from the, the core leader had got us a couple of tickets. So, um, so we were heading over to where we were meant to meet him. And then we suddenly found that we'd taken the wrong turn and we walked all the way in our Marinos uniforms right round the stadium in, in a big loop to, to get back to where we, where we started. So, and like nobody, nobody paid any attention to us at all. And, uh, and we were just commenting, you know, like, uh, you know, in certain clubs in the world that, that wouldn't be a very wise thing to do, um, especially as it was kind of a big, uh, uh, the, the the big derby match and the uh, and uh, the second uh, last match of the season for us. So there was a lot of lot hanging on it. But uh, yeah, I think that maybe that was what you were thinking of, Jamie. Indeed, it is. Yeah, that's the closest thing I've came to living out. Uh, you know, the, the the Warriors movie in person. Uh, you know, kind of had to bop our way back through to the. <laughs> no, um, it was folk uh, were lovely. It was just a couple of smiles, like looking at us as if to say, "Why are you around here?" Sort of thing, you know. <laughs> um, but we were laughing because we were thinking, you know, exactly. As Stuart says when he says, "Oh, we're walking into the Kawasaki," and I'm sort of get images of like Green Street in my head, <laughs> you know. And we're just <laughs> we're just joking about how we're going to get attacked and stuff. And uh, but no, it it, it kind of correlates with exactly with what you're saying that people were lovely, you know. They just they weren't interested. They were just keen to make sure that we got to where we were supposed to be. Um, which was quite nice of them. Well, I'm really pleased to hear it because when you both had a story to tell, I thought you were just you know, <laughs> completely undercut everything I just said. So, no, yeah, like that's nice. <laughs> there's only, there was only one occasion. As uh, the, the story you you mentioned, um, actually, like we, we we mentioned before, there was there was one there was one occasion where, due to the I think mismanagement of the the stadium, like they they actually had. Um, our banner area, which was uh, in in the accessible from the Kawasaki side, and just one guy came round and was uh, um, from the Kawasaki side and was causing trouble. And I think he's just like a bit of a loony that that guy anyway. But but it really riled up the uh, the the Marinos supporters because you know like and this always the trouble starts with 
people touching the other side's banners, interfering with the banners. They're like these, like holy relics that um, you know, if you if you mess with them, then uh, you know somebody's going to come and come and chase you. But um, no, I, I've never had any trouble. But the atmosphere at Todoroki when when Marinos play there, it's always fantastic on on our side because they really want to win. Like the, the the supporters really want to win, so they're singing louder. They're singing more um frenetically so it's really it, it's a, a a great away experience uh to to go there in 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 terms of your own supporters you know it riles them up something something wild so it's a good uh good good day out yeah okay. it's a real shame actually sorry to interrupt it's a real shame that we still can't sing i mean i obviously understand it but it's i mean i'm not a good singer but it's such an important part of the match day experience for me it, it's it just yeah really adds something else i mean so occasionally my wife in the past would tell me to shut up a little bit when i uh, have a few choice comments about well always about referees to be honest <laughs> um, but uh it's just yeah the, the kind of silent or clapping atmosphere that we've got at the moment it's a real shame that we're going to play at nissan next on wednesday and it's going to be another kind of silent game but but yeah, I un- I understand. I I'm not saying I immediately demand we take our masks off and everybody should sing and spit on each other or something like that. <laughs> I totally understand it, but it's just a real shame to have this fixture in this kind of a uh, this uh, situation again. Yeah, well, hope hopefully yeah, this will be the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to say, Stuart. Yeah, you, you kind of took the words out of my mouth there, and I think we're kind of don't want to tempt fate, but it sort of feels as if we're sort of post-COVID here in the UK at the minute. And certainly one of the sort of big first indicators of that is is the football being back uh, and, and all restrictions related to that being removed. So, um, yeah, I hope that's the, the case for yourselves uh, over the next few weeks as well as, as hopefully restrictions end. Um, Neil, just to, to kind of go back to a, a few questions we had for you. Um, obviously, you've been supporting Kawasaki Pantale for, for some time then and, and watching regularly as well for, for a handful of years. Um, who's the best player you've seen at the club? in that thing if you could if you could single out one i mean i think everyone's gonna shout at me if i don't say kengo kengo nakamura um just because of you know one club man and uh, sort of a legend and never had offers to go elsewhere and didn't go and we love him for that and never quite got you know the recognition we thought he deserved at international level so i mean i'd, I'd be really crazy to not to, to say anyone other than him but I mean, I think certainly our team in the last few years, I mean, this is stating the complete obvious, I guess, because this is when we've been winning things. But our players now are definitely better than when we uh, sort of first started going to watch games regularly. And like so occasionally when I look at one of my old blog posts and see a team lineup, it's like, wow, things have changed quite a lot. <laughs> because, yeah, some of the old players, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't think we've ever really had a player that I don't like. So I have good feelings about all of these, all of these uh, old guys that we've had in the past. But certainly the best, sort of technically best players are probably the ones we've got at the moment. But I, I, I 100% can't answer that question with anyone other than Kengo, I think, because of his, his reputation and just, yeah, ev- everybody loves him. And it looks as if... And the uh, in this in the sort of summer or the winter transfer window, I should say, there was 
there was quite a bit of movement uh, at Kawasaki, and uh, you know, obviously seeing Rail Hatate and and even into last year, Kalmi uh, Toma moving on as as well. But frustratingly, and, and we mentioned this in the pod last week, Stuart. Frustratingly, Kawasaki seem to have this um, sort of momentum going. I don't know if that takes away from the the quality of the, the scouting or the quality of the youth academy, but it just seems to us as if when when these guys move on, there's very little drop off in the standard of the quality overall um, in the actual the, the kind of the playing uh, the first eleven. I don't want to sound sort of too vague a question here, but is that an accurate reflection of, of what we're seeing? Do you see when these guys are moving on and when they've moved on last year that they've kind of been replaced quite seamlessly? Or is it a bit of sort of moving around by uh, by the coach to try and sort of take uh, fill in those gaps? I feel like there's definitely like a, a conveyor belt of decent players coming through. Um, I think we've been a little bit lucky with uh, with some of them and we've been certainly lucky in certain areas of the pitch because it seems like every year we have another pretty short midfielder coming through who's going to do really well uh and it's sort, of, sort of in the sort of the front two thirds of two thirds of the the pitch we always seem to have lots of lots of exciting players but i think at the back is where maybe that that sort of falls down slightly and we've been a bit a bit lucky at the back recently so we have to buy players or transfer players in for that area but certainly yeah the the youth is pretty exciting uh for us i think and i'm sure it's the same for you guys that there's nothing better than seeing a, a player who's come through your sort of academy make it on to make it to the sort of the main the main stage of the the j league and then even perhaps move on so although yeah i can't particularly uh I don't know. I have I have very mixed feelings about players moving to to Europe because I mean, basically, I, I'm quite greedy or a selfish person. You know, it's their life; they want to have a good career, but I don't want them to go anywhere. I want them to stay with us. And I'm I'm uh, you know I get up, I get upset, but <laughs> yeah, uh, unless unless a rival manager, uh, an ex rival manager steals our player then i get angry <laughs> so that's that's kind of funny um yeah you, you're saying about the uh, ex-rival manager because um like a uh, look looking at uh, all of the tweets like uh, after hatati made his break at uh, celtic there's a lot of tweets from celtic uh, supporters saying you know angie postacoglu should be put in prison He's robbed Kawasaki. He's stolen him. He's stolen him. Like a, that's a, too cheap, you know. So um, yeah, we're we're actually following Celtic. So so for us, um, you know, that, that was a great a great signing. Um, um, but I'm sure that uh, you know you're sorry to see see him go. But uh, uh, how do you how do you feel about his uniform now? You have that in your closet, right, from last year, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I haven't worn it. <laughs> okay. Is is it is it a, is it a treasure or, or or are you thinking of disposing of it? I mean, I joked at the start of the season that I would set fire to it, but I, I mean, I'm not going to do that. I don't wish him any ill. Um, and yeah, it's just I think sort of because of these Japanese transfers recently, my my Twitter has just been unbelievably uh, old firm, old firmized. If that is a if I can use that phrase, F- firmed, so up, to, firmed up, yeah. firmed up, old firmed up. Yeah. So I've had to. Uh, I mean, 
I, it shows my pettiness, and I'm sure this, your your listeners will love to hear me being petty and childish about this. But I'm so petty that now I've blocked a few words on Twitter just because it was becoming unusable for me. Really, it was just like a sort of Celtic uh, Celtic news bulletin board. So yeah, so I don't, I haven't seen much what he's been doing recently. But he's he's been really great. He's really really great. Um, I'm sorry. Sorry to say about that. <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was going to suggest to you that if you if you were were going to burn his shirt, what you could do is you could put the ashes in a little in a little jar, and then we'll exchange the ashes when uh, whoever wins the derby match. <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting idea, but I mean these these shirts are so expensive. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was I going to say that about hundred quid a jersey at least. <laughs> and Neil, the, the thing is as well, and, and I hate to say this, but Stuart, you may agree. I get the feeling that Hatate may not be in Glasgow for too long, Neil. Um, mm. I've, I've got a sort of sneaky feeling that this might be a bit of a season and a half stop off before he goes to, you know, a, a Brescia Dortmund or a, a Bayer Leverkusen or somebody along those lines. So I would maybe mm. just hang on to that jersey for another <laughs> uh, eighteen months <laughs> because you might get yourself out of it when eventually uh, he plays for someone that you feel you can brandish uh, <laughs> on your back uh, going to games. So yeah, I'd hang on with that one. Well, it's weird because for the Super Cup, I thought I'm not going to wear Hatate's shirt because, you know, I've got to move on. I've got to move on from this. I should stop being petty. So I wore uh, one of my old uh, shirts from a few seasons ago of my old favourite player who, who also left us, but left us for a, another J-League team. And then we lost that game. And, well, I, I don't even, I wouldn't, I'm not sure we played badly. I don't think we played at all, to be honest. Um, and... And afterwards, I realised I'd worn the one shirt I'd got from that middle season where we didn't win the league. And I thought, oh, that was a bit stupid. So maybe that oh. shirt is cursed. And then, yeah, absolutely. You've cost your team the Super Cup with that. Yeah. And I mean, everybody's guided. It's the, it's the cup that everybody wants to win. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So last, on Friday, I wore a different one and we, we just about squeaked it. So. So I've got a quick story on that one. Um, you know, it's not quite uh, football related, but sure, I don't know if you, you know where I'm going to go with this one as well. Um, I, I moved over to, to Yokohama. I spent a few months there in, in 2014, Neil. And my move was kind of primar primar primarily driven to, to go and follow F Marinos. But I was conscious of the fact I would have quite a lot of um, time on my hands. So I started to sort of look at other interests potentially that I could get into when I was over there uh, and the natural one was was obviously baseball because it's on all the time it's, it's quite cheap so in preparation for getting into baseball uh, I decided to, to buy a Yokohama Baystars uh, uniform uh, so I went on eBay and I, I seen a jersey you know they're all at you know 40 50 quid on, on eBay I saw one for like 15 20 quid and I thought right that'll do me it's you know it's just a passing interest it's just a, a jersey so I don't have to buy one when I get there and uh, I bought the jersey and uh, <laughs> I uh, I go to the game and I notice that nobody else has this jersey on I'm the only person <laughs> you know usually you'll see like one or two others even if it's been a player at the, the football in the last five or ten years you'll sometimes see the number or their name you know just depending on the circumstances mm -hmm. no one was wearing this jersey so I go to the game it wasn't a particularly fun experience um, I kind of decided early on that I would probably avoid it and just go to J2 or, you know, J3 games potentially if I could. But in the way back, I thought, why is nobody wearing that jersey? So I Googled it 
and I won't name the player's name, but basically it turned out that he was like the, the sort of Japanese equivalent of like Ryan Giggs and that he'd been tied up in all sorts of like like sketchy scandals uh, in relation to doing some stuff that he shouldn't have been doing. And I think he was married to a pretty famous uh, public figure that was running around with like a, a couple of young women at the time. <laughs> so, so I was walking in a scandal-ridden baseball player's jersey for the day. Um, at that point, then I decided that I don't get numbers and names on jerseys anymore. Uh, as a rule, I just I just get the, the team's jersey itself. Yeah, that's probably a good a good policy actually. But I don't know. My way with buying them recently is, I mean, I always I love I love the towels as well. I know this sounds like a weird fetish, but like the player number towels, I think I'm really into this. So every every year I'll get a different uh, shirt number to the my, maybe my shirt number is my like sort of usual route with my favourite player but I'll always try and go a bit uh, left field with the towel um, and I don't really know why but um, basically everyone I buy a towel of seems to leave so uh, I don't know if that's uh, because they're left field choices or whether I've got sort of a cursed a cursed towel buying thing but, but yeah I think my shirt this year when I finally get it in the middle of March I've got a feeling I might be the only person who's bought this number this year because even the people who sort of buy the weird player numbers for the new the new players, I don't think anybody buys those players' jerseys the next year. So I think this year I might be the only one with a number three. So. There you go. Okay, so uh, let's press on uh, a wee bit then, if, if that's okay, and, and just talk about Friday because um, obviously you mentioned that game against FC Tokyo. Uh, did you make it along to the game, and uh, and how did you find it? Any, any takeaways or overall thoughts? Yeah, yeah, we season tickets are back again, so we we've got a season ticket back in our old area. Um, it was it was really good to have a, a big crowd there again. Um, that was probably the best thing for me about the game, <laughs> apart from the first ten minutes where we played all right. Um, I don't know. I feel it, it, a little bit like with the Super Cup as well that. People were very sort of excited to see other teams doing well against us, but I think certainly in the Super Cup, I don't think we were particularly. I don't think Udal were like amazing. I think we were just absolutely useless, basically, as if we were sort of still on holiday or something. And Friday there was a bit of an element of that as well, maybe. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe because after the Super Cup, Udal have just lost to Joto anyway, so. And lots of people thought they were going to go down, I guess. So, yeah, it's a bit of a confusing uh, situation at the moment. And it's impossible to tell anything after one or two games. Two games for us, I guess. But, um, yeah, uh, I think we're a bit of a mess still. And we just about squeaked through on Friday. Uh, can't say I'm particularly looking forward to Wednesday. Um, because the way the way we're starting the season, we're starting with our two biggest rivals and then like two big J League teams in I think it's Udara and Kashima we've got after that. So we've got a bit of a nasty start. Um but to be honest, having three points from Friday is the real um bonus considering how we were how bad we were really so Yeah, I th- I thought that was kind of a, a a very Kawasaki match in a way that that even though you did you didn't play that well 
the you won it in the end. You got the point. So that that was uh, like uh, for me. I, I was watching. I was watching it uh, live. So it was. Uh, I thought, gosh, there you go. You know, in the end, they win it. So never mind. But how how do you feel about last year when uh, um, Kawasaki played Marinos? Like, there's the, um, the 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 first match was actually the I think it was the first match of the season, wasn't it? On uh, um, mm-hmm. at uh, at Todoroki, I went I went to that match actually. It was uh, uh, we we had uh, tickets in the the main stand, and I saw a few Marinos fans there. Like, obviously, nobody was wearing uniform because it wasn't officially. Uh, sold as uh, away away tickets but uh, we managed to get tickets there and um yeah we, we really didn't like marinos didn't play well in that match uh, uh, uh at all and uh you know look at, looking at it um uh my my big memory of that one was uh, just uh how mitoma just ran straight through the defense and uh, i'd never seen that before it, it was in a way like the way that we sometimes like for example when we uh when we played fc tokyo the, the, it was it would just look so easy um the the to 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 win and to uh you know get the get the goals and there were some great goals in in that match how did you feel about that first match yeah that first one was i mean it, it was it was a great result for us i'm not sure i mean like you said the, our goals i remember the there was like a back heel assist mm. with it and then Ian Argus smashed it in and that was right in front of us really because we were in the main stand that day as well and I thought I, I I thought we we our goals were good but I didn't think we were that good but I I remember before the season like Postacogli was supposed to have a new kind of tactics wasn't he or some, there was some kind something new that he was gonna like re-revolutionize the J-League with I remember hearing and and then that kind of got abandoned. And I think was that was that there's that young, uh, young left winger. Was it is it Kabayama? Is that who was? Yes, that's yeah, right. Kabayama. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And he looked pretty dangerous, I thought. But then got uh, uh, yanked off. Yanked off. <laughs> Don't know if that's the right <laughs> phrase. <laughs> he got taken off at half time, I think. And. I- Kind of pleased about that, <laughs> uh, but actually, the the funny thing is that he got taken off, and I think he was replaced by uh, Daisen Maida. And uh, I wasn't very impressed with Maida in the previous season, so you know, I actually liked uh, Kabayama better um, at that time. But you know, I think uh, Angie Postecoglou really doesn't change his um, his way of playing radically at all. So I don't know where that story really originated. Um, and uh, how about the uh, the ending match uh, last season? Um, that was the, uh, the 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 duel between the two um, goal scorers. Yeah, that was uh, probably you had a lot more of that game than we did, um, and we we scored first, didn't we? I think yeah, because Damian went ahead in That's the right. goal scoring charts, and then it was oh my god, it's going to be because. I think you came out of last season with the, with some kind of moral high ground that you scored the most goals in the league thanks to uh, FC Tokyo. The donation. Yeah. So I think like kind of a few of us wanted a few of us. I mean, I'm basically trying to couch the fact that it was me. But I'm sure other people wanted to uh, score the most goals in the league and uh, for Damian to get the golden boot by himself. 
Um, right. So when that went in, it was it was pretty exciting, but it felt like it probably wasn't wholly deserved. <laughs> and um, so in the end, I think everybody was quite happy with the one-one, a draw. Everyone's kind of a semi-satisfied. They get to share the golden boot. Yeah. Like one boot each, maybe one golden boot each. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, uh, I think it it wasn't the best game, was it? But I mean, maybe maybe it was from it was a good game from your well, point of view. Yeah, it was it it was better than I expected because I, I was looking. I think um, if Kawasaki in in all the other matches, Kawasaki were ahead. I think they they won um, the match. I'm pretty sure about that statistic. So um, when when you did go ahead, I really felt that uh, okay, well, you know, it's going to be two or three, two or three now. But I heard Marinos players talking about that match, and th- and they said that all of them were behind uh, Maida, and they wanted him to you know to to get his goal. So so it was like. Pass to Mida, pass to Mida, so that he can get the goal. So there were other things really like going on, like even that we don't know about when when we were watching the watching the match um, uh, to do that. But uh, yeah, it was a it, it was a kind of a a good end to the season, and just uh, you know we um, kind of like wound it up there because that was our last home match, wasn't it? So so it would have been the um, you know. That that horrible one where you you lose the last home match and then all the players come around and uh, you give them a clap and all that. So uh, and that was fair enough, you know. I think that mm. so it summed up the season in in a way. You know, we weren't we weren't quite uh, uh, good enough to beat you guys, and uh, but but we uh, you know, took away um, a couple of points for that for that match. But um, <clears throat> so this uh, season, like you've had the 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 preseason. How how do you think that's gone? Like, do you think it's uh, been okay for the the build up to the 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 season? I mean, the preseason's always a bit of a mystery uh, for me because I just occasionally see like a score coming through, like from some kind of friendly match against probably a team you're going to play in like three weeks time in the league, which I always yeah. think is a bit strange. But um, yep. you get a few scores filtering through. I don't think. I think some of them weren't actually that good at preseason games. And then we had two of our back four. Well, one of them, Jesse L was injured uh, probably for another month at least, I'd say. I don't know. He was at the ground on Friday, but I don't, he wasn't playing. He was just waving instead. Um, and I think like we lost two of our back four, two other members of our back four to the international team who were playing like in the sort of pre-season training time i just wondered if that was quite unfortunate timing and maybe judging by the uh, game against Udawa, maybe they were definitely a bit behind in the preparation um but i think yeah it's, it's difficult to say how things go if we include the super cup as a pre-season game which i think the losing team always does and the winning team doesn't so uh, i think I'm, I'm including that as a pre-season game and that probably means that the preseason was wasn't very good, but I don't know. Normally, we well, recent years we haven't started slowly, but sort of a few three or four years ago, and going back from then, we're notoriously slow starters. And I feel like maybe we're doing the same thing this year, but we somehow managed to win on Friday. So yeah, I don't I don't think it's a sparkling 
start to the season. And uh, but but yeah, uh, that sounds very uh, a petty thing to say or small-minded thing to say when you've just beaten your one of your local rivals in the first game. But yeah, they they won't like me. The Tokyo guys won't like me for saying that. But I must remember to say that when I record their podcast <laughs> later today. <laughs> Aside from, uh, I mean, I'm guessing that you could pick any one of three or four players here and uh, maybe Leandro just based on his, his goals. But if it was a Marinos fan tuning in on Wednesday to watch this who maybe isn't familiar with Kawasaki Frontali, who would be the danger man? Who would be the, the person to keep an eye on? That's a good question because I don't, even though Oniki is very predictable with his starting lineups, COVID is uh, uh, having a say recently. And I think. It, before the start of the season, I would say keep an eye on Hachi Banada because I thought he was a revelation last year and thought he was like one of our three best players, uh, definitely, um, and young guy as well. Um, but he's been missing from the first two games somewhat mysteriously. So, I mean, we suspect maybe he was one of the two COVID cases we had. But the problem with that is he lives in the dormitory. So... <laughs> If he had it in the dormitory, I guess a lot of other young players might have it as well. I don't know. I mean, this is all a bit of a mystery as well, the COVID things. Um, I think maybe the other player I would be interested to watch is maybe our new signing, Chana Tip, because we don't really know where he should be playing yet. And I don't think he's quite got to, to grips completely with what we're doing. But I think when he, when he really settles in, and hopefully that'll be sometime in the next couple of days. Um, I think he's going to make a big difference to us because he's kind of imaginative, creative player. So, I, I, yeah, I would say probably Chanatip. But Damian's been really quiet in the first two games and but got the goal on Friday. So I'm not sure I would particularly watch him. But, yeah, maybe I, I think I'm going to say Chanatip. But I suspect that maybe I'll... Our keeper might be quite busy judging by our defensive woes and our defensive injuries at the moment. So, yeah, maybe Chanatip or the or the goalie, you know, Jung Song Rong. Jung Song, I can never, I never know how to say his name because I'm sure the the, the Japanese rendering of it isn't quite right. So I always like fall somewhere between trying to do it in Korean and trying to do it in Japanese and just mumble it. So yeah, the goalkeeper or Chanatip, I'd say. I was just going to say the next uh, question I've got for you is sponsored by uh, Mr. K Muscat, which is to ask uh, what's the what's the weak link? What's the who's who would who would be the player that you would be looking at saying, don't know about that guy, but Stuart, I think you might might want to come back in with a question related to the, the stronger players. I thought that was a good question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well let's go with that one then. So yeah, Neil, if you could let us know then, who, who should <laughs> who should the Marinos players be uh, throwing themselves at for 90 minutes on Wednesday to try and uh, establish them as a weak link in the team? I mean, I, d- I don't think I'm giving anything away when I say that our defence is, is not in good shape at the moment because of long-term injury to Jesse L, uh, my most despised FC Tokyo player, Leandro, kind of judo through Kudamaya, our replacement centre-back in the game on Friday, and I think he's broken his shoulder. Um, so basically, we've got one centre-back in the squad, and then we'll have a, cent- a midfielder playing centre-back, and 
on the bench, possibly no defenders. So I I wonder. I mean, Mr. Muscat seems to like the uh, the more physical side of football. So I wonder if he's. I don't know how much of a malicious person he is, but it might be worth. No, I'm not going to. I don't want to say this because then if someone gets injured, I feel like I've been. I'm going to be responsible for it. But if we get any more injuries in the centre back positions, we're in big trouble. Who will play centre back from midfield? Is it Schmidt? They'll move back. No, Yamamura. Uh, so he, we, when we signed him from Sereso, he was a midfielder who sometimes played up front and sometimes played at centre back. But he's basically been on the bench for most of his Frontale career to cover at centre back. So uh, I guess he's could be considered a centre back now, but I just really don't understand why. Year after year after year, we don't sign any defenders. But I mean, I guess it's like maybe fantasy football style. You know, you don't want to waste money on defenders just to just get get uh, uh, more players who uh, score points. Just getting some cheap defenders. But yeah, I don't know if that's really it. Might work for fantasy football, but I don't think it really is. It's a bit more dangerous if it's the it's real football. So I have a question. I have a question. Um, so. Which of the current Marinos players uh, don't you like the most? <laughs> oh, hang on. <laughs> Pretty stoked tension here, Stuart. Neil, don't walk through the Marinos end on the way to the game on Wednesday. You know, so, so I heard, like, while you're thinking about it, right, I, I heard some story that along with uh, Chanatip, actually, Teraton got a got approached to to join uh, Kawasaki, but he decided not to. I think he he wanted to go back to Thailand anyway. But I I know he wasn't your favourite player either. But, no, uh, yeah. And uh, I think <laughs> I think your I think your uh, favourite player actually is quite unrecognisable now because he has a new haircut. Uh yeah. He's, mm, you see, I think possibly he's possibly a nice guy. I think. Is Marcos Jr. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think he's possibly a nice guy, but he's got, I mean, you do seem to have quite a lot of players with a bit of a temper. If they, like Thiraton, I thought, was always like really close to losing his rag at like every <laughs> opportunity. And I think Marcos Jr. as well is, uh, lives life on the edge, uh, sort of temper wise. But I mean, I don't think, don't think I hate him. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, maybe the, the ones I really didn't like have gone. Like, I mean, Eric, Eric, I really, really didn't like. Yeah, why, and, why, why didn't you like Eric? He's a nice, he's a really nice guy. I think Eric, you know, I, I would rather have Eric as a friend, I think, than Marcus Junior, because like Marcus Junior, as you say, he's got a little. Sometimes he looks a little bit mad and uh, angry and crazy at the referees and and things like that. But Eric was such a nice guy, a really nice guy. I just well, thought, I just thought Eric was just a. Uh, I mean, this is all coming through. Uh, uh, what's, what are these glasses? What color are these? These are like they're light blue. I think we call it sax sax blue glasses. Sax yeah. blue tinted glasses. I think that's the official mm. phrase, official color name. But Eric <clears> just <throat> seemed to dive and foul and whine a lot. And I think I, in one of my blog posts, I said. I can't believe this guy's got children. He's setting them a terrible example. <laughs> Says the childless, <laughs> childless uh, winger in the in the light blue. So, uh, yeah, I mean, basically, he played well against us. So, right, that's yeah. what upset me really. Guilty, um, <laughs> definitely guilty, definitely guilty there. 
yeah but i can but, under, uh, i can yeah. understand i can understand that because there's some players like there's players where you in other teams always other teams players like you have no opinion about that player but one incident can kind of uh curse that player for life even even if they move to another team and then you really hope they don't ever come to your team because you'd have to i don't know unpick the hate then if uh if they did yeah that kind of happened for me with okubo because when he was with us in his toward the end of towards the end of his first spell with us the long spell he was just a he was causing a few problems and i think he was just a bit of a ball of aggro and just shouting at all the kids who were playing much better than him. <clears throat> and when he left i was like okay i'm pleased he's gone and he signed for fc tokyo and i was like oh this is good i'm going to give him a bit of stick next year even though he's like a god legend it's a terrible thing for me to do but i just yeah shouted at him regarding his uh lack of pace and not the fact that he couldn't score any goals anymore and then he came back the season afterwards and it was yeah that was a bit awkward but yeah um but yeah it, it is it's tricky when when i mean like from this weekend's games yuma suzuki is um he's he's getting a bit of well-deserved stick and my wife said to me oh you hate yuma suzuki don't you No, so she said you like him don't you and i was like no i really hate him but He's the kind of player that if he's on your team, you really, you probably would, you know, find a way to look past all of these things. And I think Okubo was a bit like that as well. But um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, I'm, well, I'm just going to say that, yeah, all, all the, I, <laughs> I uh, have neutral feelings about all of your players. <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny because we had quite a long session talking about Okubo with uh, Alan last week. I'm not sure. <laughs> if you heard that and uh, uh, he was our least favorite player um for a long time but apparently alan was uh, t- telling us he's a, he's a really nice guy okay but he mm. and he puts everything in the pitch but uh, yeah so that's that's kind of that's kind of funny mm. <laughs> but yeah Gentle i just realized your question was who is your least favorite Marino's player, and I ended up saying I don't, I didn't like Okubo where I'm player. <laughs> that suits us fine. That suits us fine. Yeah, <laughs> you yes. know, I liked him, but I had issues with him at some stage. Maybe I'll say. <laughs> well, gents, I'm conscious of the time, uh, and Neil, I'm conscious of the fact that, as as you mentioned, you are required elsewhere um, <laughs> to go and speak about uh, Kawasaki Frontali. So, can I try and pin you down to a prediction uh, for the game on Wednesday? How do you think the? What do you think the score will be? Uh, no, you can't. <laughs> I just, I, I'm so scared of jinxes. Uh, I'll be a bit vague about it. Say, I think it will be close game, and I think maybe there'll be a few goals in it. I think our defence is shaky at the moment, so I think you'll have plenty of chances. But I feel like sooner or later we've got to click a little bit up front. So I think there will be goals, and I think it will be close. That, that's as much as I'm prepared to. Uh, commit to because I don't like a, a jinx. Fair enough. We can only ask that you wear the same jersey you wore to the Super Cup final, please. That would be uh, greatly appreciated. So get that in the wash if it hasn't been done already. And Stuart, whilst guests get the privilege of vague predictions, uh, you've got a 100% success rate so far. I uh, have, you, yes. You called it for, for this week's, so kudos <laughs> for that. But uh, can I get your prediction for the game on Wednesday, please? But That was terrible. Like last, last week, I said 2-2. And um, 
then we were winning 2-1 at the 90th minute and then we lost a goal and it made it 2-2 and it was just like oh no i was just i was literally praying that last uh, you know kind of 2 minutes like don't don't score don't score don't score so okay i think we're going to win this one 2-1 there you go there's my prediction and uh um We'll see what happens, and I think I think people should start to be betting on these uh, predictions because, as you say, I've got a hundred percent rate, one out of one so far. <laughs> well, on that note, Neil, I'll let you get back on, mate, with your evening, and thanks again for joining us. It's been a, been a real pleasure for us to, to catch up with you and, and to meet you as well. If uh, if anybody wants to catch up with with your own, um, I guess, social media presence, what how would they find you? Um, that's a good question. I think uh, my blog is called Frontale Rabbit, and I think my I don't know what my Twitter name is, but it, the like the the name is Frontale Rabbit. So I think if you type Frontale Rabbit, it will be there. But I don't know the exact combination of letters that's in the name. I think I had to abbreviate it somehow. But uh, yeah, that's the best place. And um, I mean, I probably wouldn't recommend reading my blog posts <laughs> because I got told off by a Nurawa fan recently. For suggesting that their fans are some of their fans are racists and wannabe hooligans, which I mean I, I think is fair enough, really. But yeah, Do you uh, almost <laughs> fifty-three minutes with nothing controversial, Neil. You know, and then we get to the <laughs> we get to the sign-ups, <laughs> and, and one of the biggest clubs in Japan have been branded. You know, so thanks for that. I, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll be diverting any any questions or queries we get about that to the at Frontali Rabbit on Twitter. This week. <laughs> no, I did say some of their fans. I didn't say all of them. I, I work in Urawa now, so I know that Urawa people are nice. But some of their fans are not nice. <laughs> we have no comment about this. I'll let you yeah. go on for your, uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> we stay still on that. Um, but on that note, I'll let you go on with your, uh, yeah, with your Sunday night. And, and once more, thanks again for joining us. Much appreciated. All right, cheers. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, Neil. Bye-bye. See ya.